I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles tonight to Revelation chapter 5. And while you're turning there, I wanted to just uh, make note of the fact that we are not uh, collecting an offering just by passing the plates, but we do have offering plates uh, here at these doors at the back of the church. Uh, we are giving the offering tonight to the PCA Mini Ministerial Relief Fund, and there's a flyer, of course, in your bulletin that tells you all about that, but, but the main uh, thing you need to keep in mind is that that fund cares for pastors, uh, for widows of pastors and pastors who are in need. So it's a worthy cause, and it is, we put our Presbytery's Ministerial Relief Fund in the bulletin, but it's actually our General Assembly, our denominations ministerial relief fund so it's a, a great cause and I commend that to you as well before we turn our attention to God's word let's pray together oh Lord our God we thank you for your word that we have heard already tonight from Isaiah and from Matthew and Luke and Lord we also look forward to hearing from the end from Revelation in a moment and we pray that your word would encourage us this evening that we might have imprinted upon our souls the glory and the grandeur and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he might be worshipped aright by each and every single one of us. And we pray, Lord, your Spirit would work in us to help us this Christmas to exalt Christ in all that we do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tonight actually is when we come to the end of the Advent season where we have been preparing ourselves for Christmas by remembering the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ as well as anticipating his return, his second coming. The Christmas season, of course, begins tomorrow according to the traditional church calendar, and it runs 12 days, hence the 12 days of Christmas some of you are wondering, why, why are there 12 days of Christmas? Most Americans only celebrate one day of Christmas. Well, the church calendar celebrates 12 days of Christmas until January 6th, and January 6th is Epiphany. And that's a, a word that just refers to the coming of the Magi, the wise men, to see Jesus. And that is celebrated because it was the first manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles. To the, to the nations, and so that's what January 6th is a celebration of. So we're tomorrow coming to the first day of Christmas and closing out Advent. So however we celebrate Christmas, whatever traditions we follow, the most important thing we need to remember is that Jesus Christ must be worshipped. Jesus Christ must be worshipped. When he first came to earth, what happened? Once he was born, immediately people began showing up to worship. The angels announced to the shepherds that Christ is born, and they announced this good news. They begin to worship. Glory to God in the highest. The shepherds hear the angels, and they say, well, let's go over and to see what all this is about. And so they went straightway to Bethlehem. And when they saw what had happened, and when they saw and, and, and saw what the angels had told them in person, they went and they worshipped. They glorified and praised God is what it specifically says after they encountered Christ. And then the wise men come from afar and they bring tokens of worship, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 
and they bow before this baby, Jesus. Worshiping Christ is what Christmas is all about. Indeed, it is what life is all about. We shouldn't just celebrate 12 days of Christmas. We should celebrate Christmas every day and rejoice in the fact that Jesus has come to us and that he will return again. Because of this, I thought it would be appropriate to turn our attention to the book of Revelation this evening where we see the curtain peeled back and we have a vision of the entire universe from the aspect of heaven. It's, it's a grand picture given to the Apostle John in very dark and difficult times. The church was being severely persecuted. John himself was exiled for preaching the gospel to the island of Patmos. And he gets these visions that are a great encouragement to the suffering church of the day and subsequent centuries later down to our day today. Revelation 5. What we see going on here, worship. The worship of Christ. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. Well, the first thing we encounter here in chapter 5 is this scroll sealed with seven seals and that no one is worthy to open. What is this scroll? What does it mean? Well, the scroll represents God's eternal plan. His decree, which is all comprehensive. He's sovereign over everything, and this is what he has decreed to, to, to be carried out, his purposes. It's, it's God's purpose with respect to the entire universe throughout history and concerning all creatures in all ages and to all eternity. The scroll is closed. It's, it's sealed up with seven seals, not just one. And the meaning is this. This closed scroll indicates the plan of God unrevealed and unexecuted. If that scroll remains sealed, God's purposes are not realized. His plan is not carried out. To open that scroll by breaking the seals means not merely to reveal God's plan, but to carry out God's plan. Well, John is weeping because no one is worthy to open the scroll. The suffering church that he's, he's uh, pastoring, these seven churches that he was leading and, and the other churches around the area in Asia Minor of the day, modern-day Turkey. Uh, he's weeping because what's going to happen to God's people? If the scroll is opened, then the universe is governed in the interest of the church. Then God's glorious redemptive purpose is being realized. His plan is being carried out and the contents of the scroll come to pass in the history of the universe. But if the scroll is not opened, it means that there will be no protection for God's children in the hours of bitter trial. No judgments upon a persecuting world. No ultimate triumph for believers. No new heaven and new earth. No 
future inheritance. So John weeps. And then we read in verse 5. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. John is told to weep no more, weep no more. Dry your eyes, John. There is one who is worthy. There is one who has conquered. There is one, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. He can open the scroll and its seven seals. So John looks, and I'm sure he was expecting to see a lion, right? The lion of the tribe of Judah. But what does he see? He sees a lamb as though it had been slain. John sees Jesus Christ, yes, the lion of the tribe of Judah, but the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one who is worthy to carry out God's glorious, redemptive purpose. He is the one who came to earth as a little child to carry out the Father's plan. He is the one who has suffered and died at his people's place. He is the one who will ensure protection for God's children in the hours of bitter trial. He is the one who will bring judgment upon a persecuting world. He is the one who will guarantee ultimate triumph of believers. He is the one who will usher in the new heaven and new earth when he returns. He is the one with whom believers will enjoy a future inheritance. That's the one John sees. Isaiah 11 says, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He is the one. And what is the response in the universe to this one who has conquered sin and death? This one who has come to open the scroll and execute the plan of God. Look at verse 8. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying... Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped. The worship occurs because Jesus is the key to everything. His kingdom will come. His will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, the response here in Revelation 5 to Jesus is worship. 
just like the shepherds, just like the wise men. The shepherds, when they saw the angels and heard what the angels saying when it was revealed to them, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as has been told them. They told others about it, this good news. that They were excited about Jesus and what had been revealed to them, and they shared it with others because something astounding had happened. God became man. Jesus, this little baby, was born, and he's a king. How many people are born a king? It usually doesn't happen that way. But Jesus is the king of kings and lord of lords, and there he is in a manger, and they were able to be there before him. And they glorified. They gave glory to God. They, they talked about how great it all was, about Jesus and God and his greatness, and they praised God. They spoke about how great God is for this wonderful grace in the person of Jesus Christ. And that's a great example for us. The worship in heaven, the worship for the wise men, the worship in the shepherds. We should tell others and proclaim it loud. This is wonderful that God has come to us to save us and to give us a hope and a future. Think about the wise men. When they saw the star that they had lost, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. A friend of mine was telling me uh, one time he had some friends who were out here fishing offshore, and they began to sink. They called the Coast Guard, and the Coast Guard wasn't coming. And so my friend, uh, they call him, and he goes out to, 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 to pick them up, and they are sinking down out in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. And you could just imagine, and the guy, this is years ago, and every time my friend sees this guy, he mentions it. You know, it was a big deal to him that he got rescued. And when he saw that boat coming, I'm sure his heart leapt that somebody came to help him. Of course, the Coast Guard showed up a few minutes later after my friend had rescued him, so he got all the glory, which was cool. But can you imagine the excitement of these wise men when they lost the star, they couldn't figure out which way to go, and then it appeared again, and they were rejoicing just like the fellows sinking out in the Gulf of Mexico. So they went into the house where Jesus and Mary and Joseph were. They saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And that word worship in the Greek is actually uh, physical. It's a, it's a bowing down, and that's what they did. They lowered themselves because they wanted to exalt Christ. They were wise men from Babylonia, uh, Chaldeans are, is the word that's referred to is the same word that's used in Daniel of the, Chal the wisdom of the Chaldeans so these were wise men and they looked at the stars and they saw that something amazing was happening in the universe and they went and worshipped and brought gifts gold, frankincense and myrrh very expensive treasures well what, what about our, their example for us well are we going to the house to where Jesus is? Are we seeking him out to worship him? 
Are we placing him above ourselves by worship? Are we saying, yes, you are God, and I will bow the knee to you in our hearts, physically as well in worship? And are we offering him our most precious gift? Well, ourselves is the best thing that we can give him, our heart. What will your response to Christ be this Christmas? To the one who was born to set his people free. To the babe lying in manger whom lowly shepherds and wise sages worship. To the one who was slain and by his blood ransomed people from God, for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And made them a kingdom and priest to God and shall reign on the earth. How will you respond to him? Or what about to the Alpha, Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who is before all things and in whom all things hold together? You know, that's what Revelation 5 is talking about. He's the ultimate one. And everyone, every creature, every living being bows down and worships him. What would your response be to Jesus? He is the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. And he is the conquering king who will return again to complete the plan of God. All that's written on that scroll from Revelation 5. It's all about Jesus. What will your response be this Christmas to this one who was born King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Let's pray together. Oh Lord, we do pray that we would see, and this is just a small glimpse from a, a sinful preacher who's trying to communicate something that all of us are a bit dull of hearing. So, Lord, we pray that you would impress upon us by the power of your Spirit, the greatness and glory of Jesus Christ. May he be exalted in our eyes that we might worship him aright, not just by coming to church and singing a few songs and praying and, and doing some religious duties, but by our lives of total and complete submission to you as our King and Lord. Lord, we pray that you would help us this Christmas. And as we move into a new year, to make a fresh beginning with you, to walk with you and to know you and to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Christ. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.